Hi there, and welcome to JK We Are Rolling, an actual play podcast about three young wizards who attend the most prestigious wizarding school in all of Germany. My name is Michael Moore, and I am your magician master. And what that means is that I endeavor to masterfully facilitate a lot of magic in this original world that we have uh, created and that we play in here. And that world is inhabited by some truly fantastic people. Let's meet them now. Hey everyone, Nadine Kuhn here and I'm ready to play Sassly Murray Nature Spring, a rambunctious pixie elf that accidentally created herself wings by experimenting with magic. Well, and now she's determined to figure out how to make them fly. Oh, that, that sounds lovely. That sounds lovely. Thank you. Nice, nice. Maybe You're maybe. sweet today. <laughs> I, hope, I, I hope I can keep up with that in my introduction. Okay, so... Hello guys, uh, it's me again, Lucas Fischer, and I play, of course, Jasper Casper, who is a human from the non-magical world, a human wizard, um, and all that Jasper wants is try and find a place to belong, but I'm sure that we could help him. Because as we all know, he's a family man. And who doesn't like a family man? Oh, don't say that. People shouldn't know that he is. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll stop saying that from now on. He keeps it as a secret. He's very personal about that. So, uh, me, the one spilling all the secrets out there, I'm Sebastian Kinder and I play Eric Miller, a musician, magician with a troubled past. His family forgot who he is. Well, seemingly not his entire family. It seems like there's a ray of hope because his aunt seems like remembering him. Let's hope it's not just a clever ruse of the magician master to later on crumble and crush my hopes and dreams. It's my favorite thing to do, so it's very likely. No! <laughs> JK, it's ASMR, our next <laughs> Patreon bonus goal. <laughs> I hated that. Um, but I love you all, and since oh. I love you so much, I want to ask you a question. And that question is for your characters, it's about your characters, and what I'm curious to know is, if... Jasper and Eric and Sassley were superheroes. Mm -hmm. What kind of superhero would they be, or what superhero would they be modeled after? Sassley would be Iron Man. <laughs> I mean, she, she, she would she would love having that sick armor, like that suit. She would love that. And also, Iron Man flies, but he also has, you know. Iron Man has oomph in his fist, so he can just, he can punch people with his plus two, maybe. Can you just uh, <laughs> say again what he has in his fist? You said oomph. He has oomph, oomph, oomph in his fist, in oomph. the right and in the left. Sassley would have oomph in both fists, would fly in a sick armor. Come on, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that Sassley's starting to use the word sick. <laughs> that comes up in the record. Guys, this armor is sick. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, I'm afraid I have to I have to say that that I'm not too familiar with superheroes. I mean, I know like the the general one, but yes, you know those general superheroes, <laughs> the generic superheroes. <laughs> no, no, because I have an idea for 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 Jasper, but I don't think there's like a very well known like hero that resembles that kind of super superpower. But I think that Jasper, because 
Now it's officially said. He's more of a family guy. We said it, so why make a lie about that? Sorry, I spilled the beans. You know, now that it's your branding, you got to go all the way. You got to go 100%. He would be he would be Charles Ingalls from Our Little Farm. <laughs> Charles Ingalls. He's a family man. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. How do you call it? Like uh, in English? In German, it's Unsere kleine Farm. Little House on the Prairie? House on the Prairie could could be. Could, could be? It's It's Little House on the Prairie, yeah. And he would be Charles Ingalls because he's a family man. And his superpower is keeping the family together and spread love. Listeners, if you don't get that reference, don't worry. You're not alone. <laughs> Even I didn't get it, but I just, you know, go along. It's like... While I am aware of Little House on the Prairie, I don't think I've ever seen a single episode. Well, you, you, you should. Such a classic. But it's only because Nadine is so much more cultured than me, and that is something that i accept and love about her hey i like that you're simple-minded it doesn't it doesn't destroy our marriage <laughs> no someone's gonna bring that culture in here i feel like the question is heading into a different direction so let me just say his superpower would be to talk to animals because he wants to finally talk to wilbur oh yeah for sure and then you know he he, he gets all the, all the animals and then they have to you know attack on his command oh sebastian did i did i Oh, oh no oh. no 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 no! I'm I'm just starting to think about which superheroes are able to talk with animals. There's Squirrel Girl. Yeah, I also thought Squirrel Girl, but she can like only talk to squirrels. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got Aquaman can talk to fish, underwater creatures. <laughs> I think Animal Man, if you're familiar, is like not the best known, but he did get a revamp when DC did the new Fifty Two comics. Uh, that was pretty good. There is Animal Man. You know, he he can do that. You could be Ant-Man. You can communicate with ants. Oh, oh yeah, more or less. And and I just thought of Jasper, you know, wearing a costume looking like a hedgehog. Just to, to round it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was picturing you looking like Beastmaster, if anybody remembers that TV show from the, like, 90s. Beastmaster? Nope. Okay. A lot of well, blank faces well, here. Well, I'm from the late 90s. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, a lot of blank faces here, but yeah, Beastmaster, he could like kind of commune with animals. Hey guys, what about a movie night? I feel like he had a hawk, or at least there was a hawk in the intro where he was like looking into hawk's eyes and the hawk was like, I understand you, you know? Oh, but but together with the, the famous hawk sound, I can't make it, but... <laughs> yeah, of course. So. <laughs> okay, so Eric, which superhero? That's difficult. Because out of nowhere, I can't really tell any superhero which has a super connection to music. But I know a superpower he would like to have. It's actually from a villain. It's from Taskmaster, his photographic reflexes. Oh, yeah. Because in that way, he's able to mimic anything he sees someone else do. Like playing very hard parts and pieces on his violin oh for God. example i love that you would be taskmaster but use it to like, be a better be, musician be a musician yeah just which also is, go which to is class brilliant. and study more it's a brilliant brilliant application <laughs> of of that power um but i mean taskmaster he's he's trying to train these kind of like like alternate avengers you know these like dark avengers uh sort of the, not the dark avengers but like a like knockoff Avengers. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, like now you guys gotta watch out because if 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 something ever happens and the group breaks up, 
Eric's gonna go and train a replacement. So, like suddenly there's another pixie elf with with yellow hair, and you're like, what? What's hap- What's going on? And then he, if he ever fights us, he can he can use hip and sweep. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. Uh, Eric showing his true colors here. You saw it first on episode uh 26 of jk world i have no idea what episode this is <laughs> i hope i hope you said it wrong just for you for your own embarrassment we already recorded our one year anniversary episode at some <gasps> point um yeah sorry to break the illusion folks we do record sometimes we try not to but we do record a little early we're all actors and sometimes we have jobs and we gotta but what we want to say is happy birthday to you okay i think i see i see the point we should start <laughs> no just, we just liked it so much we were gonna let you do it uh alone um <laughs> thank you all so much thank you of course as always for giving us these insights into your characters for enriching the world and making it live and breathe for me and hopefully for our listeners as well Speaking of listening, this is not a good transition. Uh, you obviously listen to podcasts, um, but I would love to uh, listen in on the Shield List's further plans for perhaps stealing the Foundation Stone. I-, I don't know. It's a possibility, but I'd like to find out. So, without much further ado, we don't want to wait any longer. Let's begin this next episode of JK, we are rolling. Last time on JK, we are rolling. Hey, Yazerdva here. Last time, the Shieldless and Friendly Nature Spring faced down a small force of ghosts, remnants of wizards from the Pixie Wars. They fought off these hateful and outdated spirits together and finished Luris Foliva's class. Fredly left, giving some special peanut butter to the group, and a letter from Sassley's grandfather to Sassley. As Fredly left to head back to the Pixie Shire, the Shieldless headed to the parent-visiting day Grand Feast. There, they met up with Leela's fathers, one of whom had some heartwarming words and some caution-advising threats for Eric. Then, Eric was visited by his family friend, Jonathan, who had a special violin case for Eric and a letter from his Aunt Rose, which seemed to indicate she might remember who he is. Finally, the group headed back to their rooms, only to discover the biggest secret of all. After solving a hidden riddle in the room, a wind blast from Sassley's wand caused the fireplace to burst with magic fire burning away the facade of the mirrored desk, which was in fact a bronze altar, with three impressions set into the wall behind it. One matched the silver seed in Eric's pocket, the other seemed to be in a crystalline shape, and the third is none other than the touchstone itself. Will they be able to successfully get each of the items, or do we have another group of Yazerdvas on our hands? So... You are in your common room, the uh, recently renamed Shieldless Domain. No longer the servants' quarters, no servants here. Uh, This is now the domain of anyone who finds themselves to be shieldless. And you made a startling discovery at the end of our last session. Uh, Your room is apparently harboring some sort of 
secret altar <laughs> that had been hidden, but which you managed to uncover. And furthermore, three items seem to fit into some impressions uh, that are in the stone of this very ornate kind of bronze-colored altar. And one of those seems to be an object which Eric already has, uh, the silver seed, which was gifted to him, you assume, by the creature in the Urbaum. And there are two other impressions there, which you have kind of surmised um, one might be the crystal, that the crystal bearer title refers to, and one seems to be made for the foundation stone, which is safely kept in Ross Anandman's office. Upon discovering this, you all decided you might need to steal one or more of these things to put them in here. You're not sure how much you want to reveal or how you want to go about that, but it seems Likely that Mildred will visit you in the morning, and perhaps she will have some insights for you uh, about this recent discovery. And with that said, you all headed off uh, to your respective rooms. Just by, like, after everything was, you know, discussed and we had the talk, everyone went their ways. And so Jasper just get into his, into his bed, you know, got the blanket over his uh, legs, and then he just had a last look in his book because he you know, had some new things he had to write down this day. So okay. he just looked at the picture of the three sandwiches in different stages and then they had a little <laughs> smile before he closed the book. And I love of all the things that you can call back to from last episode, the pictures of the sandwiches uh, made it in perfect. So uh, Jasper tucks into bed. Wilbur, who now does respond to his name, is there with you and, and curls up on your bedside table next to you, uh, his usual resting spot you know his tongue is flickering out to taste the air before he settles down for the night <laughs> eric are you doing anything before you go to bed most likely just reading the card a few more times perfect so you you read this letter from from your aunt rose the the big surprise here is that your name is still on on the postcard it did not disappear yeah that in and of itself is very odd, and you're not sure why, but even though this was dated kind of before you left for school, it was after your family forgot about you. And uh, it seems like maybe somebody out there still has an inkling of who you are, but for now, you have this postcard. You kind of read it as you drift off to sleep. You, you place it on the bedside table before you sleep so that you don't roll over or anything, but you kind of almost fall asleep with your hands still on it clutching to this this kind of gleaming hope of a memory of your family sassly are you doing anything before you go to sleep so sassly runs into her room she slams the door then she's like ah! and she opens it slowly making sure no one heard it comes out uh-huh closes it <laughs> goes to the middle of the room and then she's like i knew it it was in an enchanted Furniture, it was an enchanted furniture. Mm, yeah, we did it. We, 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 we did it. We just did move the lufter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that was the reason why we couldn't move it. That drove me insane. And she jumps on the bed. And while she does that, she feels something in her pocket. Yes. She remembers she got that letter from her dad. That's right. She sits on the bed and she takes it out. That's from grandpa. He didn't write for a while. 
I wonder what it is. And she starts opening it. Okay. Sassly. You are jumping up and down on the bed in the middle of the room, uh, gloating to absolutely no one, only for your own benefit. <laughs> Just excited. I mean, she, you were was right so, all along. she was so crazy about not moving this furniture. Yes. So finally, she's able to figure out that there was something going on and that she's not crazy. So she's like celebrating it so much. She's like, yeah, we did it. We did it. She had such a big day. I mean, she woke up, or she didn't wake up. She didn't even get to sleep the day before. Uh, you've all been awake for a super long time now, and you went right from kind of unlocking these secrets in the Urbaum to running into your own father, who decided to let you stay at school and support you in that decision. He even got to see you use some battle magic, which was pretty cool. And then your spell, uh, which uncovered hidden you know, things and illusions was the thing to unlock this secret uh, in your own common room, which you were right, the unmovable desk was the key to it all. And uh, as you kind of revel in all these revelations, you are totally overwhelmed by all the amazing things that happened this day. You settle down to read this letter that your father gave you from your grandpa Augustus. Uh, one last little revelation before bedtime. That letter says, Dear Dragonfly, How is it, warrior girl? I hope you are learning a lot at wizard school. I know you can handle anything that old castle's got. Question is, can it handle you? I promise I didn't say a word to your parents. My son got a letter right from the school. Figures, classic human tracking through bureaucracy. But worth it if my dragonfly can get those dang wings to work. You are so close. Keep going. There's a break, and then it looks like he stopped writing and then started writing new. I thought I ought to mention something. I took a look through that old magic textbook you bought. The one by the woman whose name sounds like a song from the 60s. You might think this is Star News Song. You know that you bought a textbook from her. Well, I did some suggested meditating and drew some symbol thingies on my writing desk. I figured... If my granddaughter can try it out, then I can too. Sassly, I saw something. I think it was the future. This might sound like the ramblings of an old elf, and well, maybe it is, but I saw you, dragonfly. You were with a tall, gangly boy and a shorter one with a ukulele or something <laughs> but sass there was someone else another boy with two faces in shadow and behind him was another shadow slightly bigger and then a terrifying, huge, horned shadow came behind those two with glowing purple 
eyes. And behind that, a swirling darkness, the biggest of all. I don't know if this was the present or the future. I don't have any sort of training to know what it means, but be careful, little dragonfly. But I am sure of this. You are where you need to be. Something is happening, and you are a part of it. I love you, but be careful. And remember, you got this. Your big dragon, Grandpa Augustus. I love you, Grandpa. He's just the coolest. He can see the future. Or the present. All I know is, I have to find the guy with the ukulele and another guy. <laughs> and then, we, <laughs> we will face those shadows. Cecily takes the letter, puts it to her heart. Mm -hmm. And she thinks about her grandpa and she's like, Thank you, Grandpa. I got it. We got it. And she goes to bed, and she thinks about it and falls asleep. Hmm. Okay. I can't wait for the next days where Cecily goes to the school. <laughs> hey, did you play ukulele? Did you play ukulele? <laughs> <laughs> no, leave me alone. I wouldn't be surprised. So, the three shieldless fall asleep, and the three shieldless begin to dream. Get me a pencil. Here we go. Here we go, guys. Could I just have nothingness? We need a dream catcher. <laughs> we need a dream catcher for the beds. I don't know. That's what Jasper had last time, and he didn't like it. <laughs> Sassly. <laughs> <laughs> just had this beautiful letter from my grandpa. Let her sleep for a few seconds. <laughs> you sleep for three seconds. That's a few. <laughs> All right, she's ready. As you fall asleep with your letter from your grandpa tucked under your pillow and you kind of drift off, you have this heightened awareness of your dream once more. And you find yourself in a beautiful building made of sparkling stone and trimmed in gold accents. Light falls on the floor from these high windows in tinted colors and plays on the ground as you take in the scene before you of a royal court of ancient elves. The dream seems to have picked up right where you left off. So right in the center is this honey-haired, beautiful, super regal uh, ancient elf in her golden white throne. She has big turquoise wings. And to your right is an elf who looks very similar to her, but much younger, but incredibly gorgeous, this honey-colored hair, and the elf says to you, Hector, please. Cecily ducks and she looks around and she's like, oh, the name, <laughs> But apparently nothing happens, I guess. So you squirm under her because she touched you on the shoulder and uh, you pull away from her and she says, Hector, please, you're scowling. Oh, really? And then she kind of hits you playfully on the shoulder. I think it's exciting. Something so unexpected in the kingdom. Oh, I wonder what mother will say. And 
there is a man standing to the right of the queen. You know, think of this like a very traditional courtly room. There's a big entrance doorway on one side. You are on the same side of the room as the queen, uh, up against the, the back wall facing the entrance door. Her throne is center, uh, and on a raised dais, on a raised platform, and you are sitting off to her right, uh, and then to the right of you sits this uh, other woman who has spoken to you already. And where you see this throne on the left side of the queen is another very regal-looking elf in very official-looking robes who uh, slams a jeweled staff against the ground, and it echoes throughout the room. And there are these balconies on either side of the throne room. They're, they're way up high, and the only way to get to them is clearly by flying. Uh, these balconies have layers of seating on them, high up on the castle walls, where all these courtly elves and these flowing clothing, you know, just like dripping fabrics. You never saw anything like that. It's very strange, but clearly very ancient style. And uh, these elves are flying between platforms and talking to each other. But when this man slams the staff onto the ground, suddenly all the movement stops and everyone is quiet. And the man proclaims, Let the eldest court of her highness, Hayasa, Lord Queen of the Elfin, the wings of the kingdom, the chosen of the source, the holder of the weave, come into order. King, king. We receive the southern delegation today to receive the report of their contact and await the highest judgment. The queen says, rise and tell me, how did you fare in your journey? And these three elves are kneeling in the middle of the room, this delegation that you saw in the dream before. And uh, they rise up from their kneeling position and they're wearing traveling clothes, which are very fine. They're covered in embroidery, clearly also connected to uh whatever this this royal party uh, that this queen is the head of. So she asks, Rise and tell me, how did you fare in your journey? The man responds, Your Highness, we met with the newcomers in the south and even found small settlements farther to the east. Uh, at first they were afraid of us. I think they may have even considered us to be gods. And there's mumbling in the court. The man continues. We tried to dissuade them of that notion, but communication is difficult. These are hardly civilized beings. The queen responds. Were you able to broach the idea of a diplomatic delegation from their end? Do you think they have the capability? I'm still unsure of whether these poor creatures need our assistance or should be pushed back into their own territory. The man takes a second, hesitant. Your Highness, I do have something delicate to report. He's aware of all these courtly beings watching. The Queen says, Continue, Liadril. Your Highness, I produced an image of our city via illusion and a map, in case they were 
able to send some sort of diplomatic party our way via your instructions? As I tried to explain the terms of such an arrangement, one of the creatures, it, uh, he does a hard swallow, it interrupted my illusion. I don't mean physically, I mean via the source itself. There's very loud mumbling now from the crowd at this point. Oh, from the source, it's, I can't even, never heard of Furthermore, it then, he continues even louder, and it looks like it pains him to say this, ma it made a copy of the illusion itself, and the hall breaks out into absolute chaos, just chatter and buzzing everywhere, and uh, the woman next to you squeezes your hand, she grabs your hand very familiarly and says, Oh my, what a wonder, oh, now we have to see them. The jeweled staff hits the ground once more, and the room slowly calms down. The queen takes a moment before responding. Perhaps your previous scouting reports of these being some sort of relative to the giants is true after all. Or perhaps not. In any case, if even one such settlement has managed to reproduce knowledge of our whereabouts, it is time to either meet these creatures proactively or prepare to receive them here. In either case, I will see to it personally. A slight gasp from the crowd. The queen, Ariasa, she's like, she's gonna do it herself. And she continues, let us see what the character of these humans truly is. And as chaos breaks out once more all over the room, suddenly the chatter stops. The woman next to you is frozen in time, next to you, looking at you. Everybody's just, silence. And then there's a turning feeling. Everyone is gone, and you are alone in the room. The light that came playfully through the windows disappears as if you are suddenly in a pitch black night. The luminous nature of the hall itself with these dazzling stones and the burning lamps on the wall are the only things that shed light throughout the room. You kind of look around. You're alone in this place and you don't know why. Oh, uh, I, 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 um, wow. Um, can't wait to tell this to the guys the next morning. Um, <laughs> like you, the reason why I do this out loud for everyone is that you can say, I tell them about my dream. Yeah, no. <laughs> is there a chance that I can find a mirror or anything like that? I would like to look in, the, in a mirror. I want to see how I look. There are some polished, like there's some polished metal, some polished stone uh, there. You know, like there's these huge columns, these huge white columns throughout the, mm -hmm. throughout the palace. You can tell that the colors of this royal line uh, seem to be uh, gold and white. Mm -hmm. There is like polished gold there, so the color may not be quite right, but you could get a look at kind of yourself. So what would I see? Would I see myself? You walk towards one of these lamps, and uh, oh. <laughs> you see a reflection. It is not your reflection at all. Oh. And what you definitely can notice, your wings are much bigger than they usually are. Yes. <laughs> I look gorgeous. <laughs> so you can actually see a bit of uh, of these wings on either side of you. So you know that your wings are right now this light purplish color, really pretty. 
darker than than the queen's or the woman beside you who was previously sitting beside you. You look in the mirror and you see your hair is pulled back into a long ponytail. There's really beautiful, this beautiful headband that's kind of turns into a circlet that pulls your hair back. Uh, everything, I mean, you must have had somebody who helped you dress. Uh, it's very ornate. You did not do this yourself. So you're clearly somebody uh, higher up, someone that is closely connected to the royalty. And uh, roll an investigation check. 13. Although your hair is much lighter than these honey-colored women, honey-colored women, than the hair, than the honey-colored hair of these other women, your hair is like white, just pure, pure white. Not like the pearly pale of your mother, but much more stark than that. But you do see a certain familial resemblance to the girl who called you Perta earlier and the woman who is sitting on the throne. You are relatively young. Like, you know, for an elf, and, you know, these being ancient elves, um, you're not sure if they age like how you age. Pixie elves already live quite longer than humans, but um, it seems that you're pretty young for an elf, at least. Am I younger than the elf next to me? You would guess similar aged, maybe a little older. But definitely younger than the the queen herself. Definitely younger than the queen, yeah. Family. Here we go. All right, pull Jasper into it. He would love it. <laughs> <laughs> so as you are admiring yourself in the reflection, in this polished gold that is inlaid into the column, there is kind of a fluttering of darkness in the room. And you hear a voice from the opposite side of the room say, Oh, there you are. (laughs) As you look over into this direction, you see a shape much bigger than what should belong to this voice. You can't quite understand that shape. It's as if the shadows of the room are sticking to it and moving around it almost viscous like a liquid, but surely the shadows of the room sticking to it. And what you definitely clock are two glowing purple eyes staring out at you from the gloom. You're not supposed to be here, but I found you. Does he have horns? You can't tell. But I know. I know he has horns. I know that. Um, you can ask him. <laughs> yeah, just waste my turn into, hey, do you have horns? <laughs> um, You're not in bookishness. It's not a turn or anything. I mean, you can say what you want. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what you want? <laughs> um, the question is, does he know that I'm dreaming? Does he know that I'm sassly? Or is that a situation where that darkness creature think that I'm passed on? Oh, that would be such a thrilling question as a listener. Oh, how would I be able to figure that out? You can talk to it. You can you can role play as his character normally. <laughs> so, Sassley turns around, or Pashta, and Sassley 
like walks a little towards that darkness and she's like I'm sorry <coughs> I am sorry I guess this is how she would talk um, how did you find me and um why shouldn't I be here right now I didn't mean to upset you there you go <laughs> the figure kind of is moving along the perimeter of the room wherever there's a shadow it just clings to his body and moves over him Cecily's ears are moving she's <laughs> trying to figure out <laughs> and he says how you look in your dreams <laughs> doesn't concern me uh, little elf you're sticking your nose where it shouldn't be. Why don't you stick to schoolwork? And, um, do me a favor. Why don't you move out of that room you and your little friends are staying in while you're at it? No one needs to get hurt. This is just a friendly reminder. A friendly suggestion. Why does it bother you that we are in this room? Oh, you see... I have waited a very, very long time to see that certain things come about the way they should. And it doesn't have to be bad for anybody. But I do need that room where you're staying to be cleared out. I think it would be better for everybody that way. And if you don't clear out... I shall be forced to see that you do. I think we can work here hand in hand. What's your name again? Oh, I have many, many names. It's okay, just give me one. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it, little elf. I would worry about you and your friends. I would worry about any of them coming to harm. I would worry about any of your other little friends in school running into a problem. Or how about that nice teacher that you're so close with? Wouldn't want anything to happen to her. Meldo? Yes. No. No one should do anything to my friends or Meldo. Well then, I think we do understand each other. Stick to your studies. Stick to your studies and continue to go to school. And get yourself out of that room. Really. It's been such a mad time at school, don't you think? Don't you want to stop all this madness? I actually just want to fly, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's going on and we want to fight it. We don't want any harm to anyone. We don't want to fight against anyone. I think everything should be solved in peace and we don't do anything to you. We, we are nice. We clean up. We are not the cleanest all the time. I know that and we did destroy the room a bit. I get it. And we will clean that up. But what would you suggest? Where would we, where shall we move? Hmm? I'm sure you can figure something out. And if you don't, I'll be back. And I won't be visiting you in a dream like this. You'll find that I can be quite cutting when I want to be. 
Cecily walks a little to, to the back. She 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 backs off. She's this shadow begins to grow bigger and cover almost the entire room. It is like a vortex of shadow. It's just streaks of shadow. That doesn't quite make sense to your brain, but you understand this kind of liquid shadow feeling. And these purple eyes are blazing bright in this darkness. And he says... Just do what I say, or the end will be very soon for you. <laughs> cut it out no, before no I way. cut you out. And he, leave me alone. This thing throws its limbs towards you, outstretched, and these shadows launch towards you. They take on the form of horned, clawed, twisted, animal-like creatures holding swords and axes and cleavers, and they tear at your skin. They're so fast, they grab you, they tear you down, they're ripping at you, they're digging into your wings, and right as you shout out, Leave me alone, leave me alone. You awaken. Before we continue here, we cut over to the Jasper. Now I know what to expect. <laughs> you have the same dream as that. Jasper, you have the same dream. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, so I figured out a plan how we could all live here. <laughs> Jasper, mm -hmm. you drift off to sleep and a familiar feeling surrounds you. You are drifting and then soaring, flying at high speed. You start in your common room, right where you know you are sleeping, but then you seem to slip into the air itself before rattling through this unfamiliar dark landscape. And the land once more is as you remember it from your first dream, just this kind of barren territory, but it's moving so quickly. You see formations passing under you, mountains, canyons, forests, so fast. And it's this surreal, dark, shadowy area. And before you know it, you land once more into a dark void where you can't even feel yourself, not even your own body. And a voice cries out, Maybe your own voice. You don't know. Who's there? What is this? Am I me? But as you are struggling and these words are just reverberating into this void, you feel a certain familiarity with the situation. You feel as if you could exert some power over what is happening to you. Roll deftness. And you lose a constitution. <laughs> Your dream. <laughs> the 10. So the way this is working is as you have these dreams more, you start to gain better control over them. But Jasper, this is not quite enough at this time. Mm -hmm. I like the premise of that. Thank you. <laughs> maybe next, maybe next night. Maybe next time. <laughs> So you are just struggling, struggling, struggling in this place, and you feel, you feel that you could exert some power here, but you're not quite able to make it happen. And 
it feels for a moment as if this is going to end the exact same way that your last dream did, with you just lost in this void and no feeling of self. But suddenly, like somebody flicked a switch, you are you floating in this void. And you hear a voice coming from right behind you. Another surprise. Well, isn't this all too interesting? How are you all doing that? Um, 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 excuse me, um, who are you? Coming into focus before you, Jasper, in this void, there does not seem to be any corporeal body kind of thing happening, but mm-hmm. you do see two orbs of purple light floating before you in the darkness. Jasper Casper, what a model student. Do yourself and your little friends a favor. Stop snooping around the school and get back to your lessons. Otherwise, I'll have to come and make you stop myself. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, Ed. I didn't want to, to, to um, get you angry. I just... Um, <clears throat> who are you? You don't have to worry about that. And I'm not angry. Oh, that's good. I'm just right. Do you know what it feels like, Jasper, to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are on the right side of history? That you have a singular purpose and that any little hiccup that might get in your way could be devastating for so many. Uh, This sounds like you're threatening me for something. Oh, Jasper. This isn't a threat. This is a promise. You see, you have become a hiccup. One that I believe has grown much too loud. And as he says that, you feel suddenly as if a massive hand has come around and reached around your mouth. Even though you have no body in this place, it's as if it's happening in the real world. You have this sudden awareness of yourself. It's like you're being suffocated. And then another hand comes messily underneath it, grabbing around your throat. The fingers are just splayed over your head. These hands are big enough to fit around almost your entire head. The grip is like iron. You struggle and you struggle until finally the voice whispers in your ear right before you think you'll pass out and says, Time to wake up, Jasper. Eric. Yay. Eric, you are dreaming and with, you know, this kind of spark of hopefulness that's bloomed in your head, uh, you are at a picnic on the castle lawn at Neudrachenberg. Sassley is there, and Jasper is there. You are eating waffles together. Your friends from Bear Shield are there sharing a blanket with you. They're laughing with each other. You see off in the distance, Mildred Mulberry is laughing at something that Ross Ehrenmann says to her. There's just all this feeling of comfort and safety in this group of people. As Sassley looks at you and says, Can you pass me that peanut brittle? And you see there's a box of, like, a peanut dessert over here. You know, a peanut brittle, it's like you can break off little pieces, and uh, it's really sweet. And you go to pass that to her, and suddenly the ground below you begins to feel mushy, spongy. 
And as Sassley reaches for this peanut dessert, she gets slowly but persistently pulled into the ground as if she's drowning in quicksand. You just see her body start to into the ground and she's yelling for you to help. But as you turn, you see on the other side of you, Jasper is slowly getting sucked in and he can't seem to lift any part of his body that's touching the ground. He puts his hands to stop them, but they just go in and he's getting sucked in. And as his hair disappears, you hear Wilbur getting muffledly shouted into the ground. One by one, you see your friends and colleagues just get horrifyingly sucked into the ground and they can't do anything to stop it. Gray clouds are just roiling in and you begin to see icy stones hitting the ground at Neudrachenberg, which you've never experienced anything like since you've been there. You've seen nothing but sunny days, but here they're painfully hitting the ground near you and sometimes hitting you on your body. And as this happens, you begin to feel like you have felt this feeling before of a good dream getting spoiled. Roll a bookishness roll. Uh-huh. I would have liked a bookishness roll. <laughs> different things happening for different folks. <laughs> you don't say. I get to a 14. A 14 is just enough. You realize what's happening around you, and you realize this isn't real. This is a dream. And it just stops. Everything around you kind of freezes. And you realize in this moment you could wake yourself up. Would you like to wake up? I am kinda. Just, just kind of curious on what the heck is exactly happening because it's this awareness like, wait, something like that happened. It's happening again. I will say that mm, with a bookishness roll of 14, you feel an exterior presence happening. You know this isn't you. Mm-hmm. I want to wake up. <laughs> so... Eric awakens in his bed with a start because that was really freaky. <gasps> and you look over to where Jasper is sleeping in the same room as you. And he's kind of sweating a bit. He doesn't look like he's sleeping well. Um, roll deftness. All right. Nine. Okay. That's not a good one. <laughs> no, but you are already aware that there is some kind of presence happening here. And you do get the feeling that there is something hanging over Jasper. And you get the feeling that this presence, like you're attuning yourself here to the source from which you pull your deftness based magic from. You are tuning into that. Like you felt it kind of this, this really oppressive touch on your dream and you're trying to follow that feeling and you can follow it outside of your specific bedroom into the main common room you feel a power emanating from sassley's room as well something similar to what is touching jasper 
but you feel that the source of this is coming from somewhere in the castle outside of your common room. Mm-hmm. And you can follow that feeling to the front door of your common room, and you can kind of open it and look outside, but you lose the attunement as soon as you're outside of the room. You weren't quite able to follow it any further, but you feel like if you maybe had another chance, you could follow it even further and figure out maybe where it was originating. Mm-hmm. But tonight, you're just, you lost it. You're not sure. All right. Apart from that, with waking up, I'm worried about Jasper and Sasley as well. So I imagine him like running between the two of them, mm -hmm. <laughs> laying in their beds and obviously not having a good time in any way. Yeah, you kind of like, you, you check in on Sasley. She looks like she's not doing well. and You're not sure what to do. You run over to Jasper. And as you run over to Jasper's room, you hear a cry from Sasley's room. Ah, ah, you know? And then you're like, oh my God. So you run to go check on her. And as you pop in to check on Sasley in her room, you hear this ah, from your <laughs> common room. And it's 5 a.m.-ish. It's still very early in the morning. but. Everyone is now awake in the common room. Leave me alone, leave me alone. Hey, Cecily, Cecily, it's all right, you're awake. Ah! Eric, what are you doing in my room? I... I woke up and, and I noticed that... that something was happening here. I can't exactly pinpoint what, but are you okay? I don't know. I, she stands up, she looks down, she turns around. How do my wings look? They look just as beautiful as they always do. The same like always? Yeah. So they're not bigger. They didn't grow. <laughs> okay, let's go and check on Jasper. Guys? <laughs> you gave yourself the hiccups. <laughs> you absolute <laughs> maniac. <laughs> Guys? Jasper? I think I'm a hiccup. Did you drink uh, alcohol? Maybe someone has to, has to scare me. But I, should, but I shouldn't be aware of the, of the scare. Uh, how about holding your breath? What? Holding your breath. Oh, that, that, that could work. Oh. Hey, where's Wilbur? I don't know. Wilbur! Boo! Wilbur is uh, sleeping soundly where he usually sleeps. He's, he's fine! <laughs> Boo! <laughs> right, I tried it three times and really do not react to me. <laughs> the, pro like, the problem is Sassley's just not terrifying enough. <laughs> I'm just imagining her. She goes super close and she waits until the hiccup comes and she's like, three. Two, one, <gasps> Which she yells solidly into your stomach, Jasper. <laughs> She's so short. <laughs> uh, thank you, Cecily. So, so uh, how did you sleep? I don't know. I had a weird nightmare. You do? I was beautiful. I had giant wings. They were enormous. Well, it doesn't sound like a nightmare to me. They were pretty and glowing. And I was ready to fly off into the open air. Oh, you poor girl. But then, 
there was this darkness. <gasps> and Cecily starts telling the whole story about everything. Mm -hmm. And after that, she's like, I was ready to ask him things. I was ready to find peace. I was ready to, to talk to him. But he actually wants us to leave the servants' quarters. Or the, I don't know, what, we have a new room? What is it? The crystal. The shieldless domain. Not yet the crystal bearer's domain. But we're going for it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even try to schedule out a plan? Like, when time we use the dormitory and when time he uses it? The thing is, he actually didn't seem to be too bad or like too mad about me being here and studying. He just said I should just live somewhere else. And I just don't want to... What if he lives here and he feels comfortable and we are just in his room? That wouldn't be nice. Shall we just move out? Hmm. Desper? Did you dream something again? Yeah, I also dreamed something about the shadow that, well, it wasn't a shadow. Actually, it was a complete darkness. But I saw, I saw, what did I see? I saw two quite big and, and very purpley, purpley lights. Glowing eyes. Yes, was it? I don't know if they were eyes. Yes, I saw that too. You saw that too? In horns, lots of horns. There were a lot of, lot of creatures at the end and they were attacking me. We should move out. I, they cannot treat us like that. I'm very divided. But actually the one that I, that I encountered, he didn't seem like, 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 like being like to you, Cecily. He was more like, I shouldn't be here at all. He said I was a hiccup. That's, that's why I had the hiccup back then. Oh. But now it's fine, I think. So you think he wants me to stay and study in peace, but you to leave? What's the difference between us? I don't know. I don't have wings. Right. That makes sense. Um, I, I had a dream turning strange as well, and he just repeats to the point uh, until I notice that I'm dreaming. And you know, sometimes you wake up as you realize that. Oh, it's just like the film Inception, isn't it? The what? Question is, did the monster, the darkness, want you to stay or to leave? Yes, what did he say? There was no darkness in my dream. So you just dreamed a nice dream? I dreamed a dream. It's from the Les Miserables. So you think it's nice when you get slurped into the ground? No, that feels like darkness is pulling someone down. No, it, it was just the ground. There was no dark thing or with violet glowing eyes. That wasn't there. But as I woke up, I noticed there was some kind of presence over Jasper. And I what? I felt that the there was some kind of presence in your room as well over you. So I went to check. Did it look like something? I I didn't see anything. I just I just felt it. And this this feeling, it, it led me towards our main door but as soon as i opened i i lost the the feeling the touch the connection to it Sassy runs to the door opens it <laughs> hello just a janitor mopping the floor hey there oh, have a have a good rest of the night and she closes you the... too little missy <laughs> good night she closes the door <laughs> i don't think it was him <laughs> but do you think we should lock the door no no <clears throat> so you both Dreamt of the same thingy? Maybe. I tried to ask what he is or who he is, but he didn't tell me. I don't even know if it's a he or a she or a they. It's a darkness. The darkness had said he has lots of names. Oh. Yeah, that's what he said. And then he attacked me and lots of horns attacked me. And darkness was everywhere. Mm. What? So, but to sum it up of both of your dreams, he, it, whatever it is, wanted us to leave this room yeah 
he told me to get out or get lost. This feels like someone is, well, maybe afraid in some kind? Well, I was afraid. Does that count? Well, um, just, 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 maybe it's the matter of fact that I have been able to wake up before that, but if he, it, wanted to get rid of us for real, he, it, could have done it already. So why the dream first? Oh, you think like it was a warning? We dreamed it before we discovered that there was something hiding in the furniture. So that didn't cause it. Yes, I actually had a similar dream a few days before. So that couldn't cause it. So I feel like we are about to figure something out that this angry little darkness that can grow really big does not want us to know. I wonder if there's like a source in this castle where this all starts. Well, it, it felt like the presence was coming from somewhere inside of the castle, but... You said you got pulled to the door, right? Yeah. So it is outside and the, the servants' quarters are like maybe a protected area. Something cannot happen to us other than the dream, which is pretty scary. Maybe it is the janitor. By the way, do you know someone who plays the ukulele? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's okay. We talk about this a different time. Um Hey hey Michael. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Hey Michael. Is there Hey Michael, as a player. Is there is there a lower platform like a basement? Lower than you? Or are we Yeah. You don't know. We never checked so far. Like the kitchens are a little lower than you? Mm -hmm. The kitchens kind of wrap around like under the grand hall mm -hmm. and connect to them that way. Uh, so you know that those lead downward. Because I remember, I don't know who it said, because lots of people talked to us and gave us information, but someone said something based on or like below the castle or something like that. And I wonder... It was the, the ghost said that ever since you came onto campus, something high in the castle started happening something deep below the castle exactly and i wonder because we did go all the way up we did never go all the way into the basement to figure out what's happening there i feel like we should just investigate the basement if there's any kind of basement you're not a, you're not aware of a, of a basement but you can walk around the castle for a while and see if you find one i guess yeah, can we roll for investigation or research? Yes. Let's say you guys kind of, if, if everybody's interested in doing that, um, that you three <laughs> begin to walk out after hours, someone roll a sneak for the group and someone roll investigation for the group. I have a plus one for spryness, but I don't always roll high. P please, please go ahead and roll. You have investigation plus one, Lucas, right? Do you want an investigation roll or a research roll? Investigation. Investigation. Well, I could do that. I could do that. 15 for sneak. 15 for sneak, okay. 19 plus one for bookishness. Whoa. Nice. A dirty 20 for bookishness. Very nice. So hold on. Before you start, I just say, guys, I think the first thing we have to do is we probably should leave these rooms for a bit, just to breathe to make sure we, that we leave all these nightmares behind 
and get a fresh and clear start within our brains. What do you think about that? Sounds like a plan. Good. And then I think we should try to figure out if there's a basement. Because I feel like this ghost who said this about the something happened below the castle. I think that might be in a basement. Oh yeah, it could be. Sure thing. Um, I'm with you just just in case. We shouldn't need to too long in the worst case because if we miss that class that's somehow going to be pretty um much of a problem you know you feasibly have about like two to three hours before other people start you know being active around the castle so if you're ready to go and check things out um you spread out over the ground floor of the castle you know some of the area. There's like some side rooms that lead to the staircases, which lead to the east and west side of the castle, the east and the west wing. Um, these two staircases actually like lead upwards to different portions of the castle, to different rooms, which then reconnect higher up. But you're not interested in going upwards right now. You can kind of look around to the side towards where Loris's classroom is you know that that's kind of opposite where uh mildred's bedroom is sort of like down the hall from you that's where his classroom is it's it's not the same kind of room but it's just in that kind of location there's like some side rooms around here you poke your head in like just different storage rooms there's a lot of locked rooms there's a lot of places where like probably where they keep inventory for classrooms you know extra student textbooks there's there's a lot to check out here and so I, I i should ask you this you kind of know okay the kitchens are in this direction larissa's classroom is in this direction which way do you want to kind of focus on while this gas more towards the kitchen yeah probably it's the only one connected to like a lower platform right so i think that makes sense yeah we've been to Louis's class and apparently we never saw anything mm -hmm. so <laughs> Yeah, you think like we probably would recall that. <laughs> there we go for the kitchen. So you head towards the kitchen and it looks like a pretty like standard kitchen, like a pretty normal, lots of stainless steel tables. And uh, there's no staff there quite yet, but they will be there soon. You can assume that the kitchen staff gets there earlier than everyone else. Can the two of them turn around because they hear something and then they see that th that the fridge opens and then I'm like, <laughs> wow. This fridge is huge, guys. Look what's in there. And they just see the door open. I love that they don't lock the fridge. Like, for students, it's like, yeah, yeah, no one ever comes down here. <laughs> yeah, actually, we should have went into the kitchen and then Louis Fulifo would there, like, with his arms full with, like, cupcakes. Like, you didn't see me. I didn't see you. So there is a, like, a kind of hatch that leads downwards in the kitchen. But when you check it out, it's just dry food storage. And you're able to look around a bit, but you don't really find anything very interesting in the kitchens at this moment. You know you're not really supposed to be out and about right now. Like, it's a little late to be in the castle. So you're going to need to head back before people start finding you messing around in the kitchens. You definitely get in trouble for being there when you're not supposed to be. So unfortunately, you're not able to find anything tonight that leads in a downward direction. That seems interesting in any way. Like I said, there are some locked doors and, and stuff. Uh, and like, you don't know what this castle has all kinds of rooms leading off in random directions. It's like, what did you roll research on? If we find it or if we, <laughs> if we find the kitchen? I wanted to know how well you, you 
you investigate. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, you investigate well, and you don't find anything helpful. So it's not that you investigate badly and don't find anything helpful. You investigated <laughs> very like... well, and you didn't really find anything. So maybe if there is something, it's just something we can't reach right now because we are missing something. Probably missing keys. Or maybe the cellars don't open before seven. Didn't you guys get Gia Mahalo? I'm really hungry. <laughs> I'm gonna get a cake out of this fridge before we head back. No, seriously, we can't do oh, it. the fridge is padlocked. The cake fridge. Oh. The fridge where all the where they keep all the cakes. <laughs> but, but is there like see-through glass so that you can actually mm -hmm. see yeah, the cake? Yeah, you can see it really <gasps> oh. clearly. And Sassy puts her nose <laughs> against the window. <laughs> this looks so good. Do you do you have that sound in your head of, of like the buzzing noise of like a light in the fridge? <laughs> this is what I meant. Like completely silent and this buzzing noise and Sassy. <laughs> I wish I had Vihya Mahalo because I would try to find this key to this beautiful cake treasure and then make sure that you will have to have another time <laughs> or maybe you could just wait for the great hall to open again so you can get a piece of cake you could wait literally two hours oh, i'm hungry now i see it now and i'm hungry i get it i get it i'm grumpy and i'm gonna head right back to our room this is the worst night ever <laughs> Don't you have a few more nuts somewhere? No, I ate them all. I was way too nervous earlier. <laughs> the next morning for breakfast, there are no nuts in anything. <laughs> Usually there's like muffins with nuts mixed in. Like it's just no nuts in anything <laughs> because Sassley either ate or, or hid them all <laughs> in her robes. I see. I need to pack some emergency nuts the next time we have them just in case. Luckily, you have the emergency nuts with you. <laughs> Always ask for them. You folks land back in your common room after a long night of investigating. You didn't find anything, but the good news is, even though you were sleeping very actively, uh, you did get fully healed up, uh, which desperately needed. So uh, everybody got all their influence points back, all of your. Yes, all of your constitution. Uh, everybody has one growth point right now. Um, but uh, for those of you listeners who keep up, you'll notice that they didn't earn anything with that growth point last time. And the reason is that our players are now working towards having more complex spells, some little more advanced. Uh, so they're working towards that, and it takes a little bit longer. We'll get to that point. But you're back in the uh, common room now. And the bells begin to ring <laughs> as you get back just in time and kind of settle yourselves and talk about what you found. And it's a new day in Neu-Jachenberg. Hooray! And as you kind of get yourselves ready for the day again, uh, starting a new day, you know that you have class, you hear a very familiar knock on the door. I, I can just imagine as we are already awake, like, and she has a certain rhythm when to appear. <laughs> Eric is already standing behind the door, <laughs> just waiting for the first knock. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear like, what? she doesn't even get to knock. You, you open the door and Mildred's standing there with her, <laughs> with her fist up and she's like, whoa, what did I, 
what what's happening? Oh, good, everybody's awake. Hey, how's it going, kiddos? How's it going, peanuts? Good morning, Mildred. Good morning, Mrs. Mulberry. Oh, Mildo, we had a rough night. We had a rough night, I tell you. We had a rough night, though. I'm, I'm, I'm sad to hear. Oh, my gosh, how did it go with your father? Well, let me tell you this, Mildo. And she walks very close to Mildred, and she pulls her down on her, like, <laughs> like rope. Yeah, she gets a little close to your mouth, like her ear close to your mouth. There was a sneaky little surprise that you had there for me. I, I'll tell you this. Apo- I just forgot. <laughs> we have so much going on. I thought on. we trust each other. How can you guys invite my father? They didn't know that we I'm here. We trust each other. We're all friends here. Anyways, <laughs> it turned out I can stay here and he has just to convince my mom. But that's not my problem anymore. I had full <laughs> faith in you from the start. I never doubted your ability to prove your place to your father and with this support here and sassy raises her eyebrow it was sure that you wouldn't fail and hey sass if you needed i would have stuck up for you thank you meldo of course <laughs> i'm in your camp as they say talking about being in our camp she turns around pulls the guys in guys shall we tell her about our dreams or not and she turns around, she looks at Mildo. Hold on a second, Mildo. Hold on a second. Things change. <laughs> Mildred's like, um, okay. And then before you guys can talk, Mildred goes, what in the world is that? <laughs> and she oh. has spotted the bronze altar that is now on the side of your room where the desk used to be. <laughs> Cecily turns around and she's like, well, I guess it's decided. Come on, Mildred. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I know. Magician Master was Michael Moore. Sassly Mary Nature Spring was Nadine Kuhn. Jasper Casper was Lucas Fisher. Eric Miller was Sebastian Kinder. Theme song by Aaron Richard, with additional music by Ethan Anderson. Cover art by Pascal Genet. Well, 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 welcome back. I hope you enjoyed these romps through the totally uneventful dreams of our favorite team of teens. I do have a couple notes here. Uh, First of all, I want to say that uh, Beastmaster was actually live in the early 80s, not the 90s, and was therefore a precursor to the old Hercules TV show and Xena. My apologies to anyone who felt jilted by the fact discrepancies in our intro. Now, I do want to talk about our Patreon real quick. We've got new music coming. We've got JK, it's D&D Part 3 in the works, and... I just finished releasing a series of maps I've used throughout our campaign for our patrons to look at. There are now four parts of Michael's Bad Maps, trademark, uh, available, and they range from the passably useful to the why did you bother to make this. Uh, You can help keep this show running and creating new stuff by supporting us at patreon.com slash jkwerrolling. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, where we tend to cyberhang the most. This week, Nadine created uh, is still creating an excellent series of stories and memes comparing our characters to Despicable Me characters, and my god, it is so accurate. Uh, find us as jk.weird.rolling, or just search 
JK We're Rolling. We're on Facebook and Twitter as well. While you're following us, check out our sister and brother podcasts. That's Horizons Point, allegedly a D&D podcast. It's getting so good, y'all. This world building is legit. It is so interesting. Uh, I'm on the edge of my seat. And Dial M for Magic, which also had quite a big event happen recently. I won't spoil, but let's just say death becomes them. (laughs) And that's it for this week. So, until next time, folks... Keep your head brain sharp and your wand at the ready. Back into the streaming room with my lovely voice recorded. Ready to play and to rumble and slay another day in Neudrachenberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. The second the microphone is on, I feel the need to talk. <laughs> the urge. <laughs> Ready to play and slay another, another day, day in Neudrachen Bay. This is me, Nadine Kuhn, and I am here to be friends with all of you and also to see me. We need to spring. La 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 la. Yeah, talk, talk, talk. It's all recorded. You never know what's good for. Just talk, talk, talk. Just Michael, stop me when you just feel like you're ready. I'm just like entertaining our our guests. (laughs) I feel entertained. See? I'll write you a bill.